0: read for us? Sure. If your wealth was easy to get, it will not be worth much to you. Don't ever say, I'll pay them back for what they did to me. Wait for the Lord. You will make things right. The Lord hates for people to use the wrong weights to cheat others. It is wrong to use scales that aren't accurate. The Lord guides our steps. And we never know where he will lead us. Think carefully before you promise to give something to God. Later you might wish you had not made that promise. That's true. Okay, stop right there. So let's go over those. Verse 21. An inheritance hastily obtained in the beginning. An inheritance that you easily get will not be blessed in the end. So, so here's what God is saying. God is saying, if he's blessed you with the ability to make your way, make your way. Whatever you get easily, you'll lose easily. And, and moreover, he says, verily, what you get easily will not be blessed. It won't be blessed. So, so like for me, There was people in the family that that got involved and and kind of, well, they didn't kind of. They did what was wrong to make sure that I didn't get an inheritance that was due to me. That's okay. God's dealing with that. And, And maybe if I would have gotten that, then I wouldn't be where I am with God today. So that's okay. It's all good. Verse 22 says, do not make an oath that you'll pay back evil. Wait for the Lord to help you. Or, yes, or, or never say, I'll revenge what somebody's done wrong to me. Wait for God. God is our avenger. Man, when somebody, somebody does something wrong to us, we always want to say, I'm going to make them pay. I'm going to see that they pay for that. When we do that, then we make ourselves the judge and we put ourselves out of favor with God. Instead, what we should do is when we're wronged, we should go to God and say, Lord, you saw it. You saw everything. And I leave the decision up to you. As for me, I'll do nothing because I know you're my defender. You go before me, Lord, and you come after me. Verse 23. Same verse we keep reading over and over again. God hates a man that cheats the scales. God hates a man that's a cheater. God hates a man who takes a story or a fact and stretches it. God hates a man that provides information that's inaccurate. God hates a man who says something is a certain amount, and it's not. God hates that. A double standard in the weights is an abomination to God. Let us always remember that voice. I look back at my life and before I learned these things, before I learned this wisdom, before I I learned what was right in God's eyes, I know I did wrong. Do not follow me on that path. You guys have a father who is reading these things to you while you're still young. Never allow that to happen to you. Verse 24, a man's goings are of the Lord. How can a man then understand his own way? Or a man's movements are controlled by God. Then how can any understand his life? Or every step a man takes is the Lord's choosing. And thou, poor mortal, wouldst thou plot out thy path? So when you say you're going to do this or you're going to do that with your life, say, if God is willing. Because God is going to put your feet one in front of another. And if you plan out your life too far, if you take it into your own hands and say, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that with my life. Then God may have to intervene to take that choice away from you so that you can give all glory to God. And you don't want God to have to intervene. God might intervene by God might intervene mm. by by seeing a medical problem. Mm. Okay. Mm. Verse 25. Mm. It is a snare to the man who devours that which is holy. And after vows, to make inquiry. What does that mean? It means a man who makes a ha- hasty promise to God. It, it's a man. It's a danger to a man without thought. After he takes an oath. In other words, don't make an oath to God quickly. Don't, don't be so quick to say, Lord, I'm going to do this with my life. Lord, I'm giving up this in Your name. Don't be so quick to make an oath. If you're going to do it, just do it. Make sure you have enough strength to keep your oath to God. Because God, God holds us accountable for our oaths. If a woman makes an oath to God, her husband is allowed to tell God that they cannot sustain that promise Uh, or or a man is allowed to negate the promise of his wife that's that's right in deuteronomy but there's nobody allowed that's to negate a promise that a man makes to god nobody can negate that once upon a time i made a promise to god i made a promise to god that 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 i would not drink any more beer I was going to give up beer. Just a couple weeks later, I sat down and without even thinking, I had a beer. And I was grieved over it. I knew I'd done wrong to God. And it bothered me for two weeks. And on the morning of my birthday, I was praying. I got down to say my prayers to God, and God said, What do you want for your birthday? And I sat there quiet, and I was like, God, all these years of my life, you've never asked me that. You've never asked me what I want for my birthday. I I don't ever remember you asking me that. And God just sat there quiet, and somehow I knew that what he was asking me was he was giving me an opportunity to get out of my promise. I said, Lord, would you forgive me for the oath that I made to you? He said, okay, I want to give that as a gift to you. Be very, very careful about your oaths that you make to God. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Ray, continue reading in verse 26. Uh, A wise ruler severely punishes every criminal. Our inner thoughts are a lamp from the Lord and they search our hearts. Rulers are protected by God's mercy and loyalty, but they must be merciful for their kingdoms to last. Young people take pride in their strength, but the gray hairs of wisdom are even more beautiful. Severe beating can knock all the evil out of you. So do the stripes of the inward parts of the belly. So, uh, verse 26, a wise king, a wise king will, will disperse wicked people. A wise king will pass laws that will disperse wicked people. They'll leave the kingdom. They'll get away. Verse 27, the spirit of man... Is the candle of the Lord and searches all the inward parts of Him. So think about it. Your spirit that's in you, your spirit that's inside you, that's the candle of the Lord. It's lighting up all the inside of you. Your spirit is the candle that lights up every crook and corner of the inside of you and makes everything revealed to God. Your spirit is the candle of the Lord and searches all the inward parts of you. Verse 28. Mercy and truth preserves the king and his throne is upholded by mercy. Or like Ray said, Ray said something to the fact that uh, mercy and good faith are, are like the safeguard or the throne of the king, right? But the, but the the kingdom only survives if what? The seat of his power is based on upright acts or mercy. The kingdom only survives through mercy, mercy and grace. If you look back through the ages, through the history of mankind, there's been many king- kingdoms that were established without mercy. Many kingdoms. And some of them rose to be great kingdoms. Some of them rose to be huge, strong kingdoms. But every one of them fell suddenly. Every one of them collapsed without mercy. In the lack of mercy, in the absence of mercy, every one of them collapsed. The glory of young men, verse 29, the glory of young men is their strength. And the beauty of old men is their gray head. So, the young man, how about my two 16-year-olds, everything that you think of in your glory is in your strength. You guys have all your workout equipment. You're always competing with each other. You're always looking at each other, which one's the fastest, which one's the strongest. All of these things are that a young man's glory is in his strength. A young man looks at his potential to achieve in his strength, in his prowess, in the imbuement of his body. But an old man, an old man sees his glory. is in his gray hair. He's gained many years. Especially if he's a ripped up muscular old man like me. <laughs> all right verse 30 the blueness of a wound cleanses. Evil. so do the stripes of the inward parts of the belly what does that mean it means the probing of a wound cleanses away evil so wholesome strokes will will cleanse away the dark things in the inside of, of, of a person when we when we have a wound if you if you've ever had a very serious wound you know that occasionally it's good for the wound if you cleanse the wound you take away the scab you start over again it will it is less likely to leave a scar it's less likely to leave the damaged tissue if you go ahead and clean away clean away the wound clean away the scab clean away everything let it bleed out let it set a new scab and what will happen? What will happen is it will clean, it will heal cleaner and it will heal more pure. The same thing is true with the dark recesses of a man. If those dark recesses are left alone, they're not cleansed, then what will happen? They'll leave deep-seated scar tissue. They'll leave damaged areas. They'll leave strongholds in a person. Because we, we, we didn't want to face that little bit of pain to clean them, then we have to face a lifetime of pain to suffer with them. Sometimes those strongholds will last with a person all the way until the end of their life. Because once you allow that stronghold to, 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 to become, malignant or or to become scar tissue in your life, then it's a massive ordeal to get rid of that stronghold in yourself. You not only have to cleanse it, but you have to cut it out. Those of us who are a little bit older understand that. All of us who are older can look at the things in our life and we, we know we know if there's things in our lives that we allow to become scar tissue and we allow to become strongholds. So when you're young and you know that you have something like that taking hold on you and something like that that's that's wicked and evil and you make a decision inside you Satan says don't tell anybody about this thing be quiet about this thing don't share this thing with anybody don't listen to Satan don't listen to him Jesus said, if we confess our sins one to another. Confess our sins one to another. He doesn't mean go out there and tell the whole world all your dirty secrets. What he said is find a real Christian, a real follower of Christ, somebody that knows how to hold their tongue. Somebody that's going to keep things private. Somebody that's not out there to disgrace you and you need to share You need to share. You need to talk to them about these things. You need to say it. Don't just say it to anybody. Find a good brother or sister in Christ and you talk to them. They're going to keep it private. They're not going to share it with anybody else. Yeah. get it out. And you know what's going to happen when you share that? It's going to cut it out of you. That? Aaron, did you say something? Or Jacob? No, it was Raiden or Jacob. Oh, Jake, go ahead. Does That mean that a uh, confession in Catholics. Yes. So that's good to do that. It is good to do that, but 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 see, some of the denominational churches, what they try to do is they try to tell us that we should all go confess to this one person. The Bible doesn't say that. There there is no single person that's designated as a confessor or a receptionist of confessions. That's all nonsense made of man. You're supposed to go talk to somebody within the body of Christ, somebody you can trust. Somebody you can trust to keep it confidential that's going to pray with you, that's going to pray for you, that's going to help talk you through it. Because that's how we heal. That's how we grow as the body of Christ. We don't need any of the denominational hoo-ha, the theological tu-da, okay? We don't need any of that. But what we need is we need to grow as the body of Christ, and we need to heal when we're injured. Does that explain your answer, son? Yes, sir. That's right. So, so there are certain churches that like to have you come in and, and sit down with a certain person and tell them all the things you did wrong. That's nowhere in the Bible. That's not in the Bible. But sitting down with a member of the body of Christ, your brother or your sister, somebody who is trustworthy in the body of Christ, that is in the Bible. Okay. Okay. All right, let's say our prayers. Father, thank you for this time together. Brothers and sisters in the body of Christ to listen to your word, to receive your word, to share your word with each other, to exhort one another and to um, and to grow. Father, I pray that you would protect us so that the evil one is not allowed to come along and steal these seeds from us before it takes root. And we pray that your seeds would take root in our hearts. We pray that you would teach us, that you would lead us. That your sheltering wings would be over us. Help us to do what's right and help us to always be there for each other. Help us to understand how important it is that we are that that member of the body of Christ that our brothers and sisters can trust, that they can come to us and talk to us about their, their failings, about their weakness, about their problems, and that we can link up with them and strengthen them, that we can encourage them, that we can pray for them, and that they can do the same for us. Use us to this end, Lord. Help us to do us right. Help us to be full of love and full of grace and to remember that we were never called to point out the frailties and the failings in our brothers and sisters in Christ. We were called to spread the gospel. Let us be sharers of the gospel. Let us be lovers of the truth. Let us be supporters and strengtheners, encouragers and exhorters. Let us be doers of the word and not hearers only. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you. Good night, family. Love you. Good, Good night, guys. Love you. Good night. Good night. <laughs>